Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. To another uh, roundtable episode, Windy City Storm Hockey Development Roundtable here in Chicago, Illinois, and uh, we're excited for this one today. Uh, the last couple have been awesome, so thank you to everybody who's put in the time to send us some feedback on these. Uh, we've had a lot of coaches reach out on, uh, you know, specifically our wall play episode, um, the last one that we just just did, and uh, we want to do a lot more hockey centric type things. Uh, as we continue to do these, but today we're actually going to do a little bit more culture, some organizational culture type stuff. And so I'll uh, introduce the gang that we have in here today. Uh, to my left is Rob Rassi. Rass? Tofe, thanks for having me back. Maybe get my name on this thing I've been on here so much, huh? <laughs> we'll have to put you, yeah, absolutely. Uh, we also, right across me, Ryan Ward. What's up? Tofe, glad to be back. This is trifecta for me. Excited. There we go. And then to my right, we have Dave Vinetti. Dave, how are we doing today? Uh, is this about men's league, this meeting? <laughs> it could. Hey, these go off the rails, and we can take it wherever you want to go. Well, I took a slap shot off the crossbar, and the puck is stuck in the ceiling, so I think our off-ice workouts are working good in here, Tove. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Maloney, shout out to, to uh, Joe Maloney there for the uh, off-ice workouts he's providing. Not just the players, but the staff, it sounds like, huh? Oh, yeah, he's done a great job getting the kids in order, not just... Uh, before the games and have them prepared, but after the games as well, which I think is kind of important. A lot of people put it in the front end to try to make themselves stronger and faster, but it's the recovery. It helps you through the season as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Good stuff. Vex would enjoy that statement right there. Right. So shout out to Vex. So uh, today what we wanted to talk about actually is, so over the weekend, we put together what we called an organizational weekend. And uh, we put some posts out there on social media about some of the stuff that we did. So you can head over to, to my social media on Twitter um, to get a little bit of a background. But uh, what we did is we asked all of our teams in our organization from top to bottom, our oldest team, all the way to our younger team, to not schedule any games, not travel, because we wanted to get everybody under one roof and just go through a weekend. And our goals were basically, number one, to get as many people excited uh, to be a part of the organization and let everybody know it was like a celebration and thank everybody for, you know, youth hockey is, is certainly a commitment, not just for the kids, but the families as well. And to say a little bit of a thank you to them. And we also got to use it as a bit of an educational opportunity where uh, we had our hockey directors talk to all of our kids and parents. We had our strength coach talk coach talked to all of our kids and parents. We had Anthony Noreen come in, who's the head coach in Tri-City, uh, along with uh, Rass and Wardo and myself to, to talk about kind of the process of youth hockey and what we're trying to do here. So just trying to build organizational clarity, organizational culture. And, and I don't know about you guys, but uh, I think the biggest thrill for me, and we'll get to, into kind of some of the logistical stuff that we did, 
did, but the biggest thrill for me was watching our older kids and our younger kids get the chance to interact together. And, you know, we did some inter-squad games where the older kids and the younger kids were on the ice at the same time. We did a split practice where they were on the same time. We did some games where our older kids would be coaching our younger kids. Our younger kids would be on the bench coaching our older kids. So for me, like the biggest thrill out of watching it all was just having the opportunity to see that mentorship going on and see how excited the little kids were so wardo for you as the hockey director what uh what was that to you well i think anytime you know when when we bring kids into the storm and, and families into the storm like we look for certain things from a culture piece from a character piece and i'll tell you just being on the bench with with you know coaching the inner squad games and and interacting with the parents to see the energy and excitement that not only the younger kids had with the older kids, but, but really the older kids, like getting behind the younger kids. Like to me, if you don't have that piece of it in the organization, really, what are we doing? You know, so I think to see that and, and to, to see the families get to know each other. And, and even for us, like we're so busy traveling and running practice for, for us as the staff to get to interact with all of our families and players um, on a different level. That's not so serious and not, um, you know, it's, it's, you know, we're not running around in a million directions on the road on the weekend. Um, just to sit and take time and answer questions and, and get to know every player in our organization from top to bottom was, was real special for me. Yeah, for sure. And Dave, as a hockey parent and as somebody who's, you know, been around for a long time and has kids in what the program. What do you program, mean by that? Well, I, Are you calling me old? You're mature. <laughs> uh, I, you know, You've been in this youth hockey well, scene for a long know, time. I, I've learned a lot, and I think you've got to stay close to whatever business you're in or whatever you do. And you stay close to the people that are closest to the game. I got a bunch of great young guys that have experience, you know, have gone the route, worked different places. They came together with the, the right uh, idea and right type of um, philosophy. And I think if you look at this weekend, um, a lot of triple-A clubs, you know, you're, you're, you're trying out every year. It's not like you're at a tier two club and you've got a luxury of being on a silver team or elite team or a gold team. So to see the, the, the kids come out together and work together from different birth years, I think it, it, it says a lot because an athlete has a lot of common things that they have with each other, athletes that want to be successful or good teammates. So I don't think it really has to do with how old a person is all the time. You know, maybe you'll develop more skill sets as you get older and you can do uh, certain things on the ice. But, you know, like Ryan had talked about earlier, we look for the type of people and the type of families that will be willing to, you know, do things different, work together on a daily basis and trust this great coaching staff and systems they put together. Love it. Love it. And Ras, for you as like a, you know, a former college coach and you were around last weekend and got the chance to interact with a lot of these families, you know, we talk a lot about like the character side of the recruiting process and how much time we invest for all the families out there, how much time we invest into getting to know what the families are, not just, uh, not just the kids. So what does a weekend like this kind of mean to you from, from that side of things, just on building some of that character, culture, stuff that we think is really important yeah in what i we're think looking seeing for. it all come together and, and dave kind of said too like like that mindset and like those character traits that you have start at a young age right so the earlier that uh, you can kind of get those developed and get those honed in um and, and start to create those really good habits and, and integrity throughout the whole organization and uh, help develop the kids 
as they come up through mites and squirts and peewees up through bantams and midgets, uh, and then eventually into into juniors in college. Like the, the earlier that uh, that starts, I, I think the more impact it's going to have. And I, I just remember too, like in seeing some of the, the the way that the young guys interacted with with our older players, how impactful it was like when I was younger when I was in squirts and peewees playing for little Caesars and I would go to a game uh I used to idolize those guys oh for sure the guys playing on the midget major little Caesars teams back in the day and watching them play when I was 9 10 11 years old those guys were were idols of ours those were that's where you wanted to be that's what you wanted to aspire to so I think those guys in, in our organization in particular do a great job of setting the example for those guys from a character perspective too as to how they handle themselves and how they go about their business so um I, I was really impressed with this weekend overall it was great yeah so who were some of those guys for you because I remember growing up in Chicago like you know being the little mini mite at the glass looking over for I mean you can insert short joke here if you want but uh you know I remember coming to the rink whenever no, whenever that. Tim Stapleton we his name is Buster whenever Buster Stapleton was playing like we were glued to the glass we couldn't wait to see Buster Stapleton practice uh we couldn't wait to see Brett Lubda practice you know some of those guys and those guys ended up going on to to play in the NHL, you know, so for you guys in Wardle, maybe Dave, you too, like who were some of those people that you kind of looked up to when you were younger? That's a good question, Toe. Like thinking back to watching those games, I remember that it was always legendary coach in Detroit, uh, Chris Corey. Oh God. Yeah. Back in the day. And he was, they, they always had a, a wagon. I can't remember the names of the guys <laughs> uh, right now, but it was, uh, it was a blast. I always remember. And Chris is always, uh, uh, Chris is a well-known name in the hockey. Chris is a, one of the best coaches in youth hockey over the last 30 years. And um, he has a very unique personality to him. So I always, oh, yeah. always remembered that from watching those games too. Well, I think what's interesting is uh, if you look at, uh, you know, when Toe first talked about who we idolized in the past and stuff like that, I didn't idolize one person. It was more, you know, my family was involved with Southwest Ice Arena. And, you know, that was back in the 70s and the 80s where players came out like Olachek and different people like that. And it was fresh after the uh, 1980 Olympics. Um, I think that, you know, the Blackhawks would come out on Thursday night practices and go upstairs and have you know, pizza with the kids. I was just impressed with the accessibility of, of the successful athletes, whether it was Denny Savard or all of them, Secord. Um, you know, they really made an effort um, to come out and get on the ice with the kids like once a month and they go upstairs and have pizza with the, the parents and stuff and have a good time. And I think that I always remember that and that's kind of why um, I think that we all have the same ideas of what we're trying to do here and that fit in real easy, you know, to make people feel comfortable, make the families feel comfortable, and then you do difficult things. It's a difficult sport. And if you could try to get better and have a good time doing it and people at all different levels share a common basis of pillars of how they've got there or what they need to do to play the game, I think uh, it's exciting. Yeah, for sure. Well, there's, you know, you can like look at the military and you look at all the studies being done on team bonding and culture and stuff like that. There's nothing that bonds people together, like shared experiences, specifically if those experiences are either very good or very bad, you know? So like the military where they're, they'll beat you down together. You talk about the 1980 Olympic team, you know, Herb Brooks, like he galvanized those guys by being not nice to him <laughs> and being the, being the tyrant. And then I think what we were trying to do here is create an experience where it was very positive, where everybody can kind of come together and have those shared experiences, and the older kids can talk about some of the things that they're doing with the younger guys, and it, like just having the ability to do that. And back to kind of what we were talking about earlier, Ras, like one of the biggest things that 
we try to emphasize, and I think a lot of coaches try to emphasize, but it's it's kind of tough in today's youth hockey world, probably not just youth hockey, but youth sports is like, it's so individual centric. You know, everybody's talking about their path to get to the NHL at nine years old, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so what we really wanted to do was, was drive home a point that it's really important to be excited about and care about the crest in front of your Jersey and not just the name on the back, because the way that youth sports is now, it's so backwards when it comes to that stuff so I don't know if you guys felt like Wardo just in in some of the feedback that you got from the coaches and some of the parents and stuff did did that come across was that something that people you think understood as we went through the weekend yeah and I think Tolf you you said it best in a tweet um in your hockey think tank on your hockey think tank twitter about how we want to create an organization where you don't have teams that wear the same jersey right like you have you have people that are all together in the organization wearing that jersey and it means something you're creating a family and, and Dave touched on this a little bit ago um, the comfort level right and and I think I think what our biggest goal here when we when we took over the program last October was to create a unified coaching staff a unified organization where from top to bottom the kids understand that they have a content and curriculum in front of them and they have a culture and a, and a responsibility to uphold that um, and, and putting on the Storm jersey means something. Whether you're in Tri-City or all the way down here to our Junior Storm players, um, like that means something, right? And, and, and throwing on that sweater and, and being able to be a part of that community and that population um, is, is going to be something very special. And I think, you know, it's funny, like you see last night, for instance, when your team, Topher, played the mission at the Orbit, um, big 3-2 win for the U16s, by the way. <laughs> great job, Topher. That was one of the best U16 games I've ever that seen. That was a great game. Both teams. Played hard. Oh, shout out to those two great teams. Game. It, was, it was great, but but you know, back to that. Like we had our U10 team that practiced before that game, that kept they 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 brought their jerseys with them. Every single person stayed for the game, put on their storm jerseys. They were screaming and yelling, and and to me, like I don't know if that comfort level would have been there for them to stay and get that excited and have that much energy and passion for the storm if we don't do something like like last weekend with the organizational weekend. So I think the more that you have people feeling comfortable and and make it less individualistic and less about hey, I'm on Instagram scoring a goal in Colorado for a showcase and more about like hey, our team did a really great job. Our organization is is winning, like we're we're having success, players are moving on, families love it here. That's really what we're trying to drive home in all of this. Well, I think you uh, going back to what um, uh, Topher said regarding you know Herb Brooks to start you know like he had one year to get people or several months to get people in order and it had to be that mentality that type of coach um, you know to they didn't have the confidence or the ability to beat a team like the um, you know the Red Army um, so you know we could have came in here with that approach when we um, took over C you know CYA but instead. You know, it, once again, it goes into the message Ryan's saying here about unified coaches. You know, the, the organization is, is from top to bottom. People have a plan. They're working together. And if you make people feel comfortable and they want to be there from the players and the parents and the communication is there, you don't have to go through those type of um, methods to get a good team or get your team playing well or even individually. You don't have to go from the, from the Herb Brooks method, which is kind of only maybe will work once a year 
And, you know, and, and like a guy like Keenan will come in and do something like that. And then by the following Christmas party, people don't want him there. They want to fight him. So <laughs> I, I'm impressed with the way different levels of, of, of the coaches have jumped on with each other, uh, different uh, practices, and they're all working together. And I think that's great to see. And the, the, the parents notice it. They're, they're excited when other people are out there participating. That's cool. And that's something that, I mean, a big impetus for doing this episode right here is like, it's almost for, we hope that other organizations will do this too around the U S and Canada and who, the world, whoever's listening. Um, and like we do some things here and we've always kind of said, we're not afraid to do some things differently and, um, whether that's right or wrong or indifferent, whatever. I mean, we're just trying some things and it's, it's been fun. And, and so like we do a lot of this stuff too. So, um, I'll just give everybody a little bit of background of some of the things that we do. So our midget players once a month are going to be on the ice with one of our younger teams. So all the coaches have a little bit of help. And again, it goes back to, it gives a little bit of a mentorship opportunity. The kids understand kind of what it's like to be a coach. Um, and they're helping the coaches out with, with some of the younger kids and the younger guys absolutely love having the older guys out there. Like they love it. We do, you know, coach share, like we're on the ice with each other. So like I coach the U16 team, but we'll have coaches from other teams come on and, and help us out. And I'm on the ice with other guys and like, it's been a very, like, I've learned a lot just watching you, like, on the ice with your 08s, and I've learned a lot from watching Carl do skills, and Mont like, and everybody, it's been, it's been really, really cool, um, so we do a lot of different sharing stuff, and then just, like, logistically, um, about the organizational weekend, I think it would be good to kind of walk through what we actually did in case other people wanted to, you know, just take it and run with it and do it with their organization, so the way that we laid it out is we went Saturday and Sunday, and on Saturday, we paired an older team with a younger team. So we had our 18Us with our 08s. We had our 16Us with our 09s. We had our 15Us with our 10s and so on and so forth. And in the, in the morning, we did a joint practice. So they were on the ice together, doing drills together, passing pucks, you know, small area games, all that kind of stuff. Uh, it was really, really fun. Then from there, we did a couple info sessions where we split the teams up and we had one team go and we did an info session with our hockey directors and Anthony. Uh, so it was the three of us and, and Anthony in there talking about what we want to accomplish as, as an organization and our culture. And uh, then we had Joe Maloney, who's our strength coach. He took, uh, he took every team through kind of what his goals were for, for the kids in the weight room and his processes, which was great. And then that evening, we had an... Uh, inner squad game where those two teams would be on the ice at the same time. We did one period where the, let's say it's the 18s and the 08s, the 18s would play against the 18s and the 08s would play against the 08s. We split the teams into white and purple. And then we did one period where they actually just all mixed where you had 18s and 08s on at the same time, which was really, really funny. So that was, that was pretty cool to see a lot of smiles going on when that was. And then the third period was went back to the, the same age because it got a little bit competitive because we're hockey players and that's what we do we didn't need anybody any of the younger kids getting hurt and uh so that was that was just a lot of fun and then on uh on sunday what we did is we split the teams up into white and purple again and we had like aged teams playing against each other so i think wardo euro eights played with the 07s um we had our midget program all playing against each other 09s and 10s and uh it was really really fun because we had uh, again we had the older kids out 
on the bench coaching the younger teams. We had the younger kids. They had a blast as coaches coaching our older guys. That was a lot of fun watching that. And so uh, it, it was just really, really cool. We did an opening ceremony where we brought all the teams on the ice at the same time. We played the national anthem. We had the spotlight up on the flag and everything. It, it was really, really cool. And then at the end of the day, I think the most important thing that we were able to accomplish was raising money for uh, an unfortunate cause. Brett wrote, who is a, uh, a coach with the Chicago Fury, He's another AAA organization here in Chicago. Um, passed away about a month ago, uh, just unexpectedly, and left behind his wife and, and three small kids, which is just absolutely heartbreaking. And so uh, we got the chance to, to raise some money through a 50-50 and through some meal share stuff, and uh, we'll be sending a check over to the family. And, and if you can, if you're listening to this, uh, there's a GoFundMe, GoFundMe page for, for Brett, and they've already raised, I think it's over $150,000, which is amazing. I mean, the hockey community at large is just so incredible. And, and so if you can, just go to the site and donate um, to, to Brett's Brett's family there. Uh, but overall, it was just, uh, th- that was the logistics of the weekend. And uh, I don't know, it, what did you guys think of just the whole logistical, how it went? Yeah, Tolf, I mean, for me, it was, it was, it was phenomenal. I, I think just seeing the... You know, it, even as coaches, like, you, you see, you know, when you get to Sunday and the two age groups playing together, and then, it, you know, the biggest thing for me is w- when we talk about coaches being on the ice together, players being on the ice together, how we're unified as an organization, and, um, you know, we, we share drills and, and plans and philosophies. Like, you see the kids on the ice playing the same way, right? Regardless of <laughs> regardless of, of what age group they're at, like, they're picking this up and they're they're starting to, like – just blend, you know, and I think that's one of the coolest things is, is when you see the kids um, from the youngest age groups trying things that the older kids are doing and then, you know, growing into their game and everyone's kind of playing the same way. And, and it's that that was really neat for me to see um, and, and to see how much work goes into that. And I think, Tolf, you did a great job putting that together. I mean, one of the most exciting parts of the weekend for me was was just seeing the smiles like in the bar restaurant at the orbit and 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 the kids and um just seeing the parents kind of let their guard down you know what i mean like let their guard down and be themselves and the the the, the kids are being themselves and to me that is just the most important thing because we want people that want to love to come to the rink that want to uh love the the grind of what we're doing and and that's exactly what happened I couldn't agree more. I think when you, you kind of gave your talk to the kids and we're kind of reminding them why they play the game, it's it's to have fun. Yeah. And for me, throughout the course of the weekend, I just saw a ton of smiles. I just say, uh, and it's something that's you know with the in in the crux of the season, things can can get competitive. Um, you're going from trip to tournament to showcase to this and that, and there's you kind of uh, sometimes can lose sight of that. And, and for me, it was it was a nice reminder for everybody. I think is to everyone that came to the rink, from kids to parents. I think just had a blast. Isn't it weird? There was just like no pressure. That's great. That awesome. You know, like you talk, he's so funny. Like, sometimes, like everybody, like, it's probably the parents feel the most pressure out of out of anybody. But I felt a little pressure when I looked over at the opposing bench. And uh, I, th- I thought I saw our U16 coach bribe the referee um, in the 07-08 game. I'm not uh, sure that was I... not the U16 oh, coach. Okay. Right. It, it wasn't uh, a, a different player on our bench. There was a 15U goalie who shall re- uh, remain nameless who put a 20 spot uh, in the ref's pocket there. And uh, I think it actually ended up swaying the game, and we won. Yes, it did. By like a goal on a penalty shot, I think, right? 
Is that what happened? Uh, no, you won by five. Oh, we won by five. five penalty shots. Oh, five. Yep, yep. Um, so, anyway, we don't have to talk about that anymore. But that was, yeah, that was an interesting moment of the weekend for me. You know what's interesting, though? So, I feel like when I go back to when I was coaching at Cornell, so one of the things that I would like to do at the end of the year, you know, we all do our end of the year meetings and stuff, and you ask for feedback and everything. I think one of the things that was eye-opening for me is every year, so I was in charge of mostly of the forwards, and so every year, a couple times a year, I would have all the forwards over for dinner. My wife and I would cook them dinner, and, you know, we just not talk any hockey, just have a good time or whatever, and the feedback that I always got from the players, like, they would bring that up at the end of the year. Like, hey, we got to do more of that. Like, that was awesome. Like, really, really cool, brought us together, you know, and I think there's, like, a humanizing element of coaching that is really, really important, and I feel like this weekend especially, like, we didn't have to coach. Right. You know, we were just people. Right. Because everybody sees coach as coach, and that's it. Everybody sees player as player, and that's it. Everybody sees parent as parent, and, and that's it, and I felt like this weekend, we were all just able to be kind of, like, storm people, like, storm family, and interacting without the pressure of hey is coach gonna play my kid or hey like what are we gonna do on the power play or hey what's the ice time like it just it was just a very humanizing place where you can build those relationships between coaches and players and parents yeah you know what's funny you say that Toph is you know obviously I've been extremely fortunate with different opportunities to coach at uh, the professional level or, or you know major junior but I think the the best coaches and and th- and I mean, for anyone that's been there, and any of our listeners that have have worked in an NHL coach's office, or there is very little humanizing elements to a season, right? Like you're managing egos, you're managing people, brands, and I think that that gets lost as you go up the chain, right? And I think one of the biggest things, and and that these kids, the young kids, yearn for these days, is to be able to to know that their coach is a human being and they care about them like human beings, right? Like, I don't care how good you are at putting together a game plan or your team systems. Um, you know, everything's always development, systems, winning, all that stuff. But, like, when, you've get, when you get a group of people that are willing to, to go to bat for each other and, and be in the grind together, um, you go so much further. It just it is what it is. And, and that, this past weekend, I believe, gave the families a glimpse into – you know, who we are as people, which I think is very important when you're asking families to travel and you're asking families to, to buy into what we're, what we're doing here. Um, to know that, like, we are putting our hearts and souls into this, to me, is, is probably the most important thing. I like it. Yeah. And, and I think the other thing, too, to kind of go along with what you're saying is, like, I love Phil Jackson being a Chicago guy and, you know, like watching the Bulls win all those championships. So I've read all his books and and things like that. And one of the biggest things that he talks about in his books is the, just the importance of having everybody understand that they're a part of something bigger than themselves. And that I feel like, and I hope that this weekend accomplished that because I think it's really good for the development of the kids in this stressful cesspool of what youth sports has become where everybody it's there's the FOMO and people feel like if they don't achieve this by this age then their hockey career is over you know at the end of the day like we have to take a step back and and teach these kids that they 
they have to feel like they're a part of something that is bigger than them for their own development. So they don't feel so stressed about, and they're not only thinking about themselves, which makes them a better teammate. And, and I just like, I really, really hope that that is something that got instilled in, in everybody is just like, Hey, we're all in this together. We're all, you know, hopefully on the same page and let's, let's teach these kids that, Hey, it's it's and 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 we talk about it with our teams like individual success comes from team success you know i remember so you know will nickel so i don't do you know will i don't so will he's uh he was my coach in in junior hockey and he's the um director of player development for vegas now okay right and so first day he's the head coach in junior hockey he plops this big like um pamphlet in front of us just sheet of papers like this thick or whatever. And the first thing that was on there was last year's college commitments per team in the USHL. And it was like, okay, so the best teams, the ones that had the best records that got the farthest were the ones that had the most college commitments. So he's like, you guys can be on your own page and do whatever you want to do. But if you want to get somewhere, you have to rely on everybody else in the room. Like your success comes from my success and my success comes from your success. And I just think that's such an important lesson for all these kids to, to learn because it is youth sports has become so much about me, me, me. And at the end of the day, if you develop that attitude, you're, you're going to be left behind. I don't know if you see that in here. <laughs> for sure. I, I think even from a scouting perspective and coming from college or, or, NHL scouting, like you, you're looking for kids that can that have those intangibles. You know what I mean? That that, that comprise of winning teams. Because at the end of the day, that those are the type of people you want in your program. You know, so I, I think that was a uh, it's a big component of of hockey that can kind of go not talked about. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Thank you for your time, guys. I got to leave right now. These guys will finish off the show. <laughs> Thanks, B man. I like it. So the other thing, Wardo, the other thing, <laughs> the other thing, Wardo, that you were talking about a little bit earlier that I want to touch on is uh, is you talked about buy-in, and and I feel like the more you can get people, and especially like we've talked about how we're doing some things a little bit differently, and and how. Y- that sometimes different people get a little bit scared of um, whatever different means to, to different people. And I feel like this weekend hopefully accomplished some more buy-in for some of the things that we're trying to do. Because if you don't get buy-in from the players and you don't get buy-in from the parents, you're kind of, you're kind of hooped as a youth hockey organization, you know? So um, talk like as the hockey director, talk a little bit about like, just how important that buy-in factor and how it kind of relates to what we were doing this weekend. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, obviously obviously we come we come into this situation and, and you know, a huge, a huge um, you know, the vision of our, of our board and, and our, our, you know, Tri-City ownership to me, um, allowing us to, to put everything together. Like, yeah, like, as you said, Tof, things are a little bit different. I, I think we're, we're trying to be... Um, 
we're trying to do things a little bit different from a development perspective, from a, a spring hockey, summer hockey perspective. Um, but for us, like anytime you're trying to change something or, 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 you know, do something a little different, people are going to be wary of it. Um, and I think that, I think that what we're doing here is we're asking people to, to, you know, get educated and be educated on the process to not be in a rush, um, to, to be where your feet are as an organization. Um, and, and, you know, we have a ton of good staff and a ton of great families and, and people here that, um, are for the most part completely bought in. And I think that people are starting to come around to it. Obviously, you know, we've, we've opened up the Academy for our older players with, with TPH, um, to give them a, and we talked about it this weekend, um, to give them an opportunity to, you know, train like elite athletes and, and Anthony and we all talk about it so much is, you know, playing triple A hockey and just going to practice two or three times a week. Um, yeah, that's great. It might be for some people, but we want to give opportunities to our players to, to enhance their practice to game ratio to three to one instead of one to one. Right. And, and, um, you know, our biggest thing has been, you know, educating our population and our organization on on what we have seen work at different levels. You know, in college, I remember uh, going to, to visit you at Cornell Tof, and you had all the forwards on the on the ice in the morning and doing skill pods. And that's the same way we run things in Tri City. And we want our younger players to look up to our midget program and our national bound teams and and want to be part of that. And and I think. Um, you know, everything we do here is driven by the player. It's driven for the, like everything we do is, is to help these guys reach their full potential. Um, no matter where that is, could be division one hockey, could be the USHL. Um, you know, we talked a lot about making, uh, our, our people in the organization employable adults, <laughs> employable adult, right. And just leave, leave this place better than when they found it and, and make sure that, um, they're thriving, positive contributors to society. So I think a lot of times when you're changing things and changing systems and structures um, and, and processes that have been around for a while, um, people are going to naturally be apprehensive to it. Um, but I think that we're, you know, not super concerned with how it's always been done and we want to make sure that we're doing um, our research. And, and this weekend was just, for me, the, the organizational, organizational weekend was a, a, a weekend where as coaches and people putting this together, we could just answer those questions and make sure that um, people felt comfortable to have an open forum, which we've, we got a lot of great questions um, in our presentations here. And, and I think all of our staff's different experiences lend to being able to talk to a lot of different things. Yeah, that communication with the families is everything. I mean, transparency, you try to be as transparent as you can. I mean, you try to be... Hundred percent transparent. That's that's the goal, and you can't have that unless you have communication and dialogue. And you know we don't do things perfectly all the time. Sure. Like we're gonna make mistakes, um, and it's always good to have that dialogue and create those relationships with the families because then they're open enough to come in. Because what sinks organizations is the the pettiness behind the scenes where people are complaining about X, Y, and Z, and then that just that negativity just spreads. I've seen it sink teams. I've seen it sink organizations, and it just leads to a whole lot of negativity and hostility, which is not what youth sports is about. And so just finding the time to, to show the families. And I think that's another thing that came across, hopefully came across was like, we really care about your kids and their development, putting together a weekend like this, where we can get everybody together. We show um, what we're doing as an organization. We put some, some, some time and effort into some mentorship stuff. Um, like hopefully the parents came out of that thinking like, Hey, at the end of the day, 
the most important thing is that these people care about our children, <laughs> which is all parents can ask for. Being a parent now, Wardo, you're a parent. Like, if you can surround your your kids with uh, <laughs> with with people that that care about them, and hopefully they half know what they're doing, then you're in a pretty good spot. Absolutely agree. What's so funny? What's so funny, Ras? Wardo gave me a look when. Wondering why I don't have any kids. <laughs> well, I was just, I didn't Thanks, know if Ryan. there's any, yeah, if yeah. there's any plans or anyway. Thanks, can, Ryan. On we move. It is, it is interesting too, because like I got some feedback from some of the parents. So in our presentation that we did with the three of us and Anthony, the one thing that I did with all of our teams was I went through like what we call the five golden rules of, of youth hockey. And, and it's, it's so weird that like, I feel like these golden rules are like anti what youth sports is right now. And and even in youth hockey where everything is so pressurized, everything is so competitive and people get so, I don't know, into it (laughs) in maybe right or wrong ways. But I just wanted to to like share these because I I hope that like um, people take these seriously. And I know at times maybe even us, we aren't the best at following these five golden rules. You know, we're competitive people just like anybody else. But I think if we can get back to these, it's like really, it'd just be really good for, for the for the kids and for the families that we're, we're shepherding through the process. So like the first one is the, hockey is a game that's meant to be fun and teach your kids life lessons like teamwork, effort, resiliency, and passion. You know, and this is where the employable adults conversation came in. It was Anthony's line. Like we want to create employable adults, people that, can succeed once they're done with hockey whenever they're done with hockey and like you we talked about this ras like you coached at harvard i coached at corner like how many headhunters and how many recruiters from businesses and fortune 500 companies came to our universities and our teams specifically because they wanted to hire hockey players absolutely absolutely it shows uh, certain character qualities that guys have to have yeah in order to play at that level yeah and again <laughs> sometimes in youth hockey nowadays like we're like the wrong values and the wrong lessons are being learned. And so at the end of the day, again, it's a reminder like, hey, like this is about fun. We don't work hockey. We play hockey. And uh, it's, it's about learning those life lessons. Number two, communication is key. A healthy communication between parents, kids, coaches are all important for players' development. We kind of walk through player to player, how important those communications are, um, player uh, player to parent and parent to player, how important those communications are. We talked a lot about the car ride home and how important those conversations are between uh, between mom, dad, and kid, uh, and then the parents and the kids and the coaches too, and just kind of walked everybody through just what healthy communication looks like uh, from those uh, frameworks. Number three, control the things that you can control and teach your kid to do the same. Um, there's a lot of uncontrollable things in a, in a kid's youth hockey journey. There's a lot of uncontrollable things that parents, you know, they, they can't, uh, they can't pave the way their kid has to learn the lessons and go through it, the ups, the downs and everything in between. And, and, uh, just, if you can focus on the things that you can control, like your attitude and your effort, we were talking to the kids, right? We asked the kids like, okay, what are things that you can control? And they all, uh, they were all pretty funny when they came up with their things, but uh, smart kids they talked about attitude and effort and how they treat each other being a good teammate so that was good uh, number four hockey development is a marathon and it's not a sprint you can only get half a percent or whatever the cliche is one percent better every day that's what everybody will tell you and it's absolutely true and so we go through the process and a lot of the things that we talk about is like you know if you just focus on the results you're going to be frustrated 
because everybody's path is usually the long way. And Anthony talked about what was the three kids that he coached at Tri-City that have gone the farthest and are all either playing in the NHL right now or will be in the very short future. And they all had different paths. Who were they? Uh, oh, boy. Okay. So one of them was Shane Pinto. Yeah. Right? Shane Pinto. The other one was Ronnie Adderd. And Zach Jones. Yeah. There we go. Impressive. So why don't you, well, Wardo, like you know these kids, like talk talk about their paths. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, Anthony said it best with like Ronnie. Ronnie's at, I believe he's at Western Michigan right now. Um, And and Ronnie was a guy who um, I think came into the league and he was in and out of the lineup for the first couple of years and then won defenseman of the year. Well, he was a phase one pick. Yeah, phase one pick. He got drafted in the first phase, the younger draft of the USHL, but came in and struggled for a couple of years. And then ended up what? What did Anthony say? He broke, broke every yeah. scoring record for USA a defenseman. Hockey, USA Junior Hockey Player of the Year that year. Yeah, Defenseman of the Year, Junior Hockey Player of the Year, and now obviously he's having a, a great go at it at, at Western, and and will most likely be playing in the NHL here come the spring or whenever he's ready there. But I, I think um, that experience of not, like you said, controlling the controllables and not rushing it. I mean, he's exactly where he's supposed to be today. Um, you know, same thing with like, I think Jonesy got got. You know, and shout out to Jonesy, who's a comes back for our Tri City Storm alumni weekend in the summer. It's always a great weekend. Um, but I think Jonesy got passed over by pretty much everyone. In phase one, right? He didn't get drafted in Phase one. Yeah. Went back to was it was it Selects Selects Academy, Academy? Played yeah. for Planner and yeah. uh, had a great year there, and then got drafted. What was it? Second Se- overall, second overall in, in Phase, phase two. two draft. So for those of like the people that don't know about the USHL draft, so there's a Phase one draft, which for this year was the 2005 group. And then there's a phase two draft for anybody of junior eligibility. So 2004 and older until you age out if you're not protected by a USHL team. So that's kind of how the drafts work. So Jonesy, I'd say it like I know him, but Zach Jones, he uh, got passed over in his first draft, put in a ton of work, got drafted second overall, went to you in the phase two draft. So the older draft went to Tri-City, had a great career there. Went to UMass, won a national championship, and now he's a steady player for the New York Rangers. Right. So, you know, you have Ronnie who, phase one pick, you know, pretty, I don't know if he was highly touted, but phase one pick, so he's a pretty good player as a 15-year-old, struggled for a couple years, and then figured it out, worked hard, and now he's USA Junior Player of the Year. Then you have Zach Jones who was undrafted, went back, had a year, and then, you know, Went to UMass and now is playing for the Rangers. And then Shane Pinto's. Yeah, I think that's the most impressive one for me. And I don't, I don't know Shane at all. But listening to Anthony tell that story, Shane Pinto was passed over 160 times in the Phase One draft. Okay, he was then passed over 204 more times. 19 rounds. Yeah, 19 rounds in the Phase Two draft. (laughs) And he's playing second line center for the Ottawa Senators. And then the following year, after going in the twentieth round, he was the first pick in the second round in the National Hockey League. Right, insane. So I and, and you know what we see this a lot here, Toph, with, and we talk about all of this stuff, and it, it it all comes full circle with, and even parents on, you know, the U15 teams I've coached the past two years, you know, people get upset because for the fifteen seconds that you don't get to put your draft pick picture on Instagram um, people have that FOMO and and want that so bad and to be in the spotlight but to be honest like none of that matters right like you have to and I've said this before on a podcast like you have to arrive when you're supposed to right the raw chicken thing like no one likes to eat raw chicken like that's that's (laughs) I mean that's my thing like I I will say that like there's 
there's a perfect path. And, and quite honestly, like we have probably the best example in our program. Like we don't have to name names, but like a kid that was passed over in phase one. Um, and then now he's playing U16 and he just got added to an affiliate list in the USHL. I mean, it, it, it's you for the parents listening out there and the young players, you cannot rush where you're supposed to go. And it's just, you just have to control your attitude every single day. Look in the mirror and, and you know, it's funny. I read this book by David Goggins uh, called Can't Hurt Me. Oh, that's a good book. Yeah. He's intense. Intense. It was oh. an unbelievable book. And and he talks about this accountability mirror, right? So when he wanted to, to reach certain goals, he would put little post-its on his mirror and then look into the mirror in the morning and... and realize that if he wasn't reaching that goal, it could be a small goal for the week or a bigger goal for his life. Um, but whenever he accomplished one of those, he would take it down and put a new one up um, just to keep moving forward. And this is a guy who stressed his body and his life like to, to the ultimate, ultimate ends. Um, he like went through Navy SEAL training. Like three times. Just to do it. Yeah, three just times. Just to see if he can get through it. And and <laughs> then he's a, um, he's a ultra marathon or whatever yeah. it's got like crazy like runs 100 mile marathons but anyway so parents and players like when you're in this process just be where your feet are and enjoy the you know get yourself into a situation where the development's good the people care about you um there's open communication there there's legitimate family-like atmosphere where people are all pulling for you to reach your maximum potential um and then and then hold yourself accountable with your attitude and what you can control every day. I think that's the biggest thing. And those three players that Anthony talked about um, are, are three totally different stories, but they all just stuck with it. And now they're exactly where they were supposed to be. And, and don't get discouraged. Don't be, don't have that FOMO of, of not getting drafted. And like, it's such a long road just, or even like younger kids, like 100%. not making a triple a team or not being invited to some tournament team or whatever. Like, that stuff filters down to such a young age now oh, where that FOMO happens, right? So, like, we're, we're sitting here giving these stories about, like, USHL, uh, major, yeah. junior, college, pro players, but, like, th this is important for the youngest of youngest kids and their families, too. Right, yeah. There's there's a time to be a kid and, be a and, and you know, have a... A part of you that's not always, you know, just worried. Like the the guys who the guys who make it are the are the people who, you know, even from a young age, like you can't get discouraged. Just be happy to be there. Work, work as hard as you can. Have fun. Have fun. Like we say, it, what were what was the number one answer, Topher, when you asked the kids why they play the game? Yeah, to have fun. I love it. Right. Have fun or love it. So so that was one of the things we did in our talk because in our info sessions it was with both the parents and the kids, and so at like the last question I asked the kids was why do you play hockey you know and I think it was good for obviously for everybody to hear but sometimes it's good for the parents to hear why their kids right, play that's the fifth golden rule right uh yeah the fifth golden rule is uh yeah make sure you take a step back and enjoy it right you know it's crazy it's a grind you know there's a lot of travel there's a cost that comes with it like it's it can be pretty crazy but at the end of the day like for and we asked the kids why do you why do you play and they all, every single one of them, because I love it, and because it's fun. And then you ask the parents, well, why do you put your kids in youth hockey? Well, I put my kids in youth hockey so they can be healthy and they can make friends and learn some stuff, you know, learn some life lessons and things. And, like, if you ask every hockey parent, well, I shouldn't say every hockey parent, but... Some you, of them, like, <laughs> the tailgate in the parking lot. <laughs> you, ask, you, ask some parent, or you ask most parents why they put their kids in sports. Like, that's... 
it always comes from pure motives and, and values and sometimes that just gets lost so it was really cool to kind of see the parents body language and facial expressions as the kids were going around and they were all talking about it oh because it's fun because it's fun because it's fun from the 18 u kids all the way down to the the youngest kids too so it was pretty cool so yeah the last one is yeah make sure you take a step back and enjoy it youth hockey is a lifestyle if you embrace the positives your kids and your family will make friends for life you know like it's uh, at the end of the day that's what it's all about and it does it can get a little crazy it can get a little stressful but at the end of the day taking a step back is never a bad thing in anything you know never a bad thing so all right well we've been doing this here for what have we got 45 minutes or so um i would love to hear from people like i honestly truly hope that other organizations do this and I, I say that because obviously from a big picture standpoint, we want to see the hockey world be a better place, but also because like, I feel like we saw the success that it had with our group. And again, we're a week out, so it's, it's a little bit fresh right now. Um, but we really just like the vibe of the rink and seeing all the kids smiling and seeing all the parents smiling and interacting with each other and just a no stress environment i mean it just i I really really hope that other organizations uh want to do this and and so if you do uh email me tofer at the hockey think tank.com i can send you the itinerary that we did i can send you anything that that you want um i would love to help anybody if they want to do this kind of structure it for for their own organization but uh thanks for all the help with it guys like i thought you guys did did awesome too in in the entire weekend as 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 well as all of our, our coaches within our staff here and uh yeah any, any final thoughts ras I mean, just reflecting back on it, just to hit it again, like seeing the feeling, the energy and just kind of seeing the overall, uh, just the smiles for the kids and just it's carrying over through the week, seeing the kids at the game last night. and uh, It was awesome to see. Yeah. Wardo, any final? No, I think from a, you know, the, the even from the flip side, Ras, like for the staff to see the smile on the staff's faces and. You know, like obviously we we have a ton of things going on here with the storm and the Windy City storm and building new ranks and academies. But to be able to take a step back and and talk to the kids and laugh with them and joke with them and um, you know it, it was it was such a great thing to see our staff having a blast in a non pressure environment. Um, you know, I I just want to thank all of our Windy City storm staff, our board, all of our families and parents. Um, you know, I think with the few free weekends that you have in youth hockey to commit to something that we did like that last weekend on an off weekend um, was something that we can't be thankful enough for. Um, It was a priceless opportunity for all of us to get together to raise some money. Um, You know, so thank you very much to all of our families, all the storm families, um, all the parents, all the players, our board. Um, But yeah, you guys did a phenomenal job. Our staff was awesome. Um, the players showed up. They had juice. We love that when they get some juice going. So um, it was great. The best so. was when the players were on the bench. <laughs> there was like there were some kids that were actually trying to coach. Oh yeah, you know, and well, they, you know, and then like you know, one of the younger kids would kind of look. And they're like, man, coaching's kind of hard. I I can't remember who it was, but he's like, man, this is. A, I'm like, well, what do you think we feel when you're doing this? You know, uh, so that was that was pretty funny. But yeah, it was it was it was so much fun. Uh, happy to get the chance to to talk about it here today. A little bit different than the other Windy City Storm roundtables that we've uh, we've been doing. But yeah, thanks thanks everybody. And then uh, we also have some other people to thank. Ras, 
who uh, who I'm would you like to put on the spot today? I'm a little prepared. I actually have a list. Uh, first, we'd like to thank Gel Sticks. <laughs> Shout out to John Lonsbury. Um, we talk a lot on this podcast about development, Ryan. We do. When we were young <laughs> and you threw a muffin at the net, like Tof, I'm sure you did a lot of. Um, it was uh, always, that is true. It and was always muffin is what they said I had. It, it, was, it was always uh, hit the wrist curls. Get some wrist curls going. Now it's, uh, I feel like, John, you need to come up with a little lingo, a little saying to develop that wrist core strength. But uh, it's, it's an awesome tool. Um, we, we used them when, uh, when I was at Harvard, and uh, guys loved them. So a great training tool. Uh, second person we want to thank is icehockeysystems.com. Coaches, always looking for a leg up, always looking for those extra resources in terms of drill, drill planning, new ideas, new concepts. Uh, it's a great resource. Toe was actually walking me through it uh, yesterday uh, and kind of showing me some of the things in it. Um, coaches highly recommend it. Uh, the last one is Heroic, a training app. Um, train heroic. Train heroic. Oh, you messed up, Brad. <laughs> train heroic. I was just given false information by by you, Ryan. I don't I don't want to hear it. But uh, again, another great uh, training resource. Um, I, I know our guys in Tri City use it, and um, highly recommended. Yep, Jeff Lavecchio, R.I.P.T. Shout out to uh, to Vex. I think we need to add a fourth ad read to maybe a, someone with a, a shoe or boot company that's listening right now. I I was marveling at Ryan's Ryan's wardrobe choice earlier today. And I noticed <laughs> he has a hole in his boots, so maybe <laughs> maybe there's a, a a boot company listening who we can we can maybe get get Ryan a new. Well, pair these of, are Johnson and Murphy's, one. and I bought them about, geez, probably ten years ago when I was with I was on Long Island, and I just they. It's like, just fits like a glove. Who, who Shout out be, to Johnson and Murphy. Yeah, Johnson and Murphy. Those hey, no, what is it? What do they ever. say on checklists? No free ads. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, free yeah ads. no free ads. Who's uh, who would be the guy on our staff that people would need to go to for their fashion advice? Mike Monty. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Monty, with gym shorts and a New England <laughs> District, nineteen ninety eight T shirt on. By far, the studliest. Most fashionable human hey, being. Hey, there's nothing wrong with shopping at Free RS. <laughs> All right? I shop there frequently, and so, but I'm not the person to take fashion advice from. No, the Swede's pretty good. Carl Linden has good style. I think that's what the boys call it. I mean, Anthony Noreen has the best style on earth. Can't bring him around. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, Mons, Mons, we got to help Mons out. Maybe, <laughs> maybe we got to. Yeah, we'll get together. That's another whole topic. <laughs> what I want to know is when are we going to get Joe Corvo and Carl Linden on the Windy City Storm Roundtable, those guys need to get on this. Here, mic. here's what here's what we need to do. We're going to put some public pressure on them right now. Yeah. So I've been asking Carl Linden, Joe Corvo, and Dougie Hellowa to get on here because they run our TPH skates in the morning with our players, and their skill sessions are unbelievable. And so I have asked them to do a podcast roundtable with us on uh, structuring a D development session. A skate, because I think that would be unreal. Be awesome. Yeah, unreal. These guys do such a good job, and they all come from different kind of backgrounds too. Like Dougie was a video coach with the Islanders. He's coached at a lot of different places. Lake State. Lake State. Yeah, like he's, and he does a great job. Carl's a Swede, so we get a little bit of the European flavor. And he's like, he's our director of player development, and he's a plus, like unbelievable. Yeah. Corv's played seven hundred games in the NHL, ran a power play in the NHL. Um, like those three, it's phenomenal. So putting some public pressure on them so maybe even next week we'll have a d development session yeah and joe corvo 
is still in the most unbelievable shape out of any human he's being. He's so ever. jacked. Oh my god, it's unbelievable. <laughs> he's so jacked. He's an animal. <laughs> Big human being. Animal. So, all right, guys. Well, thank you so much, everybody, for continuing to tune into this one. And and like I said, please, 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 if you have some feedback for us, especially on this organizational weekend, if it's something that you want to do with your organization, feel free to reach out to me, uh, Topher at thehockeythinktank.com, and I can walk you through it and, and give you all the stuff that we had. So I uh, hope you enjoy your week, and we will see you soon.